The Chad Cobbick Podcast Network. Two Angry Men. A podcast featuring a legendary baseball player and a legendary sports broadcaster. Two Angry Men. And now here's your hosts, Chad Cobbick and Denny McLean. Welcome once again to uh, Two Angry Men. Copic on this side here in Chicago, Denny McLean up in uh, Motown. Happy to report that no, Denny is not suffering from the H1M1 virus. All right, uh, Brother McLean, here is my issue with Rush Limbaugh. It has nothing to do with Rush's uh, uh, bid for public relations. The guy has a master at creating controversy. Here is what bothers me. The suckers in the mainstream media who took Limbaugh seriously, who should have known full well there was no way on God's earth, that Roger Goodell and the league would ever approve Rush Limbaugh. But once again, because we are suckers, we bought into the rhetoric of Limbaugh. Yeah, but you didn't uh, think that Rush wouldn't try, did you? I mean, Rush was as serious as a heart attack about this. You know that, right? Absolutely. Okay, well, here, here's the problem with Rush. I've known Rush a very long time. I've known him since the days he was selling, trying to sell tickets at a minor league baseball team park that used to call themselves a major league team who still try to struggle to become a major league team, the Kansas City Royals, when he was selling and hustling tickets, making fifteen, eighteen thousand $18,000 a year. Now, he probably did that better than he did anything else, other than he's making a ton of money right now, making $40 million a year. Now, if you took the word I out of his vocabulary, ladies and gentlemen, this man would never, ever say a word. He, he's speechless without using the word I. Rush is the absolute, definitive, unbelievable definition of a legend in his own mind. You open up the dictionary today or the Encyclopedia Britannica today, and you look up legends in their own minds, and there's only one picture because the Encyclopedia Britannica isn't big enough to handle the entire body of Rush anymore. That's how God-blessed large Rush has become. This thing with the Cardinals, listen, um, Rush knew it, certainly, that he wasn't going to get an opportunity. But you know what? People with big money, and I think we all know this, people with big money have a little bit more advantage in life than, than most of us. Uh, but Rush it stepped off the bridge here. He got hit by the passing boat, and football is better off because he's not. Listen, there's, here's a guy that couldn't even do color commentary. Here's a guy that couldn't entertain. How long did he last when he was trying to do a little NFL? Two weeks? Three weeks? I mean, come on. The man... It has become mean-spirited. He hates everybody that's a Democrat or, listen, middle of the road. He's not your guy. Think about that. He's got a population base out here that he hates unless you're a, a, an unbelievable, psychic, psychotic conservative. And uh, I suspect and I suggest to you that all of the people that follow him are in his cult. And, yes, he is the head of the Republican Party in that cult. Yeah, but my friend... Uh... To further the uh, topic of Limbaugh, here we go, on my side. Once again, talking about the media. Limbaugh wants in with the National Football League. And all of a sudden there are reporters all over the country talking about, oh, Limbaugh would damage the National Football League. Yeah, yeah, Denny, he would damage this very same league that has, gosh, only knows how many owners who know full well they're sending ballplayers out to play on Sunday who have head injuries or severe ankle injuries, shouldn't be playing. He's uh, sending out... Uh, uh, messages, the media is sending out messages that the inclusion of Limbaugh would be seriously damaging to this very pristine National Football League that, by the way, just happens to thrive and exist because of gambling. And, you know, last but not least, when you get right down to it, 
Would would Limbaugh, the owner, be any worse than Bill Ford in Detroit, Billy Bidwell in uh, Arizona, or Al Davis with the Raiders right now, for heaven's sakes? Let me say something to you, Chet, and you got to listen to me, and everybody else listen to me. This man is full of contempt for minorities. He is a racist. He is full of prejudice. And this is the man that repeated on on his broadcast any number of times, watching an NFL game is like watching the Bloods and the Crips fight each other. Now, if that doesn't define an individual with that kind of rhetoric, nothing in the world can convince you or anybody else that this man would be dangerous. He's dangerous to begin with. Listen, he's the only guy I know on radio today that can rev up a crowd and get people to call thousands and thousands of times the various senators, congressmen, and whoever else they want to harass. He's the only one. Everybody else thinks they do. Rush is the only one that can. And, and again, it, it, it gets down to his fanatical group who follow him. And I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm just saying that fanatical group of people who follow Rush will do anything he says. And let me make, let me take this one step out of baseball for just a second because I think we've stepped out of the world of sports here for a second. I believe what he can do, and I really mean this, he is, I think he puts the president's life at at stake every day with some of the racist comments, nasty comments he makes. He wants the government to fail. He wants this man to fail. He wants his president of ours to fail. I mean, come on, listen, Rush, if you can't stand it, you can't like the black president, why don't you go to Russia? Why don't you go to China? Why don't you go to Cuba? Find out what life is really about. All right, my man. Now, you're going back to ESPN. ESPN hired Limbaugh in 2003 because they wanted controversy. They wanted to wake up a very sleepy Sunday NFL game day program run by Chris Berman, the most overrated broadcaster in my business. So he starts talking about uh, Donovan McNabb and talking about the fact that the media would like to see an African-American quarterback succeed because it would be an interesting story. So they fire Limbaugh because he's controversial. So you tell me, who was the greater hypocrite, Limbaugh or ESPN? There's a difference of being... uh, um stirring up the action and being a racist. The way Rush said it that day, and you you should play it back for yourself, it smoked and it stunk from a statement certainly implying racism. you got to listen to it. And too bad we don't have it here to play for everybody. But if this wasn't racism, racism in, in the most quiet, underlining, kind of hiding it in the corner type of stuff, nothing has ever been said any better and, and worse than what he did that night. That was, it was awful. Everybody who I was with, and, I, and I'll never forget where he said it, I was sitting in a, in a, let's say, a facility of chance, and, uh, the bottom line was there wasn't one person in the room that didn't turn around and say, did he really say that? You've got to be kidding. He's calling every black guy, uh, whatever the hell it, what the term was. But the bottom line is, why now do we have the same guy talking about Bloods and Crips, talking about McNabb, a black president, uh, or a black quarterback? And my, and, and my point being here, every time Rush gets in trouble, it's about racism. It's about a black guy. It's about the Bloods and the Crips. Come on, there's a message there. you got to listen to it. This is not just some soft-spoken man saying little things just to stir the pot. He is a racist. I'm afraid he is, and I've known him forever. I would have never thought Rush would have turned out to be the way he is. Hey, you want to know why the uh, Democrats fear the midterms in 2010? 
It's not because of the uh, bailout program. It's not because of uh, Obama and his agenda. Denny, they fear the midterms because of the impact of Rush Limbaugh. That's how frightening this son of a bitch really is. I don't think so anymore. I think people have now, because what I think what happened here, to be honest with you, Rush started believing some of his headlines. Rush is now doing interviews for TV stations, networks. That's the most dangerous thing you can do. You know that, and I know that. You get a guy who's on, who's controversial, and you put him on your show, and and five other people interview him and ask him the same question, and they come out with little slants with the same answer. What do you do? Well, this is what he said on my show. He said the guy was black. No, he said he was a a Negro. No, he said that it, it's so easy to tear apart an interview. You know that, and I do, and you're very good at it. So the bottom line is. He's coming out of his shell. He made a mistake, and now he's going to suffer for it because there's no opportunity for a racist. You know, McLean, right now you're rocking and rolling. It's weekend time, and uh, weekend time for Copic and weekend time for Denny McLean means one thing. It's time to kick back and enjoy the most delicious beer in the world. And in our case, my man, you know what that is, Miller Lite. I know you're going to get together with your buddies up in Motown later on today. I'm going to get together with my guys here in Chicago, maybe over at uh, Gibson's or the East Bank Club or one of my hangouts. But the big thing is I just want to enjoy that taste. I want to enjoy the flavor of Miller Lite because to me, Miller Lite, my man, that's what weekends are all about. Well, it's about this. You hear that? Ah. That's, that's a Miller being open, folks. I mean, listen, there's nothing like watching a big event on TV. Listen, we got the playoffs going on right now, the league division championship games. you got the World Series coming up. Can't get any better than that, Chet. Potato chips, Miller, Twinkies, you know, what the hell? Does life get any better? Hey, tell me about it, my man. Uh, all right, uh, take a long look at George Steinberg. We both know that uh, the old man is in failing health. He has uh, no concept because of uh, what's transpired with him uh, mentally as to what's going on with his baseball team. Does it bother a guy like Denny McLean that uh, old line owners who built this sport, who labored with this sport, are so completely forgotten, and that uh, for a couple of generations, Steinbrenner is looked upon as being the essence of what ownership in Major League Baseball is really all about? You know, at one time, he was the uh, anti-owner. Nobody wanted him in the game for the longest time. Of course, he stole the Yankees when he bought him. He only paid $10 million for him. Uh, but you know what? We're missing the Steinbrenners, as, as uh, you alluded to. He's got either a serious case of dementia or Alzheimer's. I don't really know what the difference is. They're both horrible. My mother-in-law, Lou Boudreaux's wife, uh, Della, died of Alzheimer's. It was the worst suffering I've ever seen in my life. Then you have some of the older-time guys that are no longer with us. you got Mr. Finley uh, from Oakland, Comiskey, Chuck with the White Sox, Mr. Wrigley, Tom Yawkey, the Fetzers. Where are all those guys today? Today we've got a bunch of, and you know, I'm not saying the game isn't better. It's, it's certainly better run than maybe it was back then although they pocketed a lot more cash back then uh but the thing about it is we have the computer experts now we have the bankers we have the lawyers and everybody else running this but there still is that moment that's missing in the game the steinbrenners i'm telling you this is a significant thing today we don't have any more left 
And um, no one ever gives them any credit for what they did. I'll tell you another thing that brings up another subject real quick. The players today from the last 20, 25 years, they don't give a damn about the guys who played in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. They could give a damn about them. I mean, all of the money in the pension, despite the fact that pension lost a little money like everybody else did a year ago, they do nothing for the retired players. Nothing. It takes a separate organization that we have called BAT, Baseball uh, Assistance Team, to help our own players who are having trouble. And I'm not talking about the guys making 10, 12 million. I'm talking about a guy who made a thousand a month playing in the major leagues. We don't take care of our own. Baseball has never taken care of their own. And I don't think the other sports do. Uh, but, you know, it would be so nice for the current players to reach out and help more. But they don't give a damn. They just want to make more and more and more. And they don't give anything back. You know, you hear about... We have a kid here in Detroit, got a kid by the name of Brandon Inch, who apparently is a pretty good kid. Uh, but you know what? Every time he goes and sees a sick child, there's a camera around. Don't you suspect that that's what it's all about, the camera rather than the sick child? I do. And it's nice to bring attention even with the camera. But, you know, do you always have to have your picture in the paper handing somebody or pointing to the seats or what have you? I think it's disgusting. And, and, and I'm not saying that he does it all the time, but there's there's more than a Brandon Inge out in this world doing that type of thing. And it really bothers the hell out of me every time I see it. You're missing one uh, very salient point. Yeah. Why don't we blame Marvin Miller? He's the guy who was in charge of the Players Association when the MLBPA began to seize control from the owners, win collective bargaining agreements, and saw the escalation of salaries. You know, why don't we blame a, a guy like Kurt Flood for having the courage to uh, stand up to the reserve clause? Because basically those two individuals created an environment in which today, as you pointed out, baseball players are completely spoiled and only care. I mean, basically they're mercenaries. No, no, more, for, no less. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, Marvin Miller and Kurt Flood are two of my heroes. They created an income for Major League Baseball players. you got to remember that baseball, football, basketball, a lot of people wasted an awful lot of time trying to make it to the Major Leagues, and once they got to the Major Leagues, made no money. Hell, at one time, that we didn't even have pensions in baseball. Today, they've got a very generous pension to some degree. But Marvin Miller created what every league has today. Marvin Miller gave everybody a chance to make money. Marvin Miller gave everybody a chance today that they don't have to be poor when they leave the game, or they got to go out and look for a job right away and wind up working at you know some convenience store or something. Marvin Miller and Kurt Flood did more to promote labor in this country than anybody in the history of labor. Does that include John L. Lewis? Well, John L. Lewis is a. I mean, listen, you can go back as far as you want to go. Uh, you know, you can talk about Mr. Ford sending out his goons and breaking up the union with sticks and guns and the cops fighting for Mr. Ford. You can start from there and move forward. But uh, yes, there were a lot of great heroes. But as far as professional sports, the two greatest heroes are Marvin Miller and Kurt Flood. All right. Uh, right now, my understanding is that you're uh, uh, you're good and pissed off at the uh, Baltimore Raven thug, known as uh, Ray Lewis. Yeah, I think he, I, I think number one, he's a murderer. I think he's uh, just short of running a, a gang of some kind somewhere around the country. He just got fined again, large amounts of money for first of all going helmet to helmet, and he knows better. He certainly knows better because uh, listen, when Ray Lewis hits a guy, he doesn't tackle him; he wants to hurt the guy. And then the other thing that he had, he had the big fight when he started. Listen. This is a growing man, 250, 60, 70 pounds, built like a prison wall, and he's kicking a guy. What is this, Mary Francis? 
I mean, come on, only girls kick each other, and this big wuss, this big 270-pound pussy, uh, decides to kick uh, a guy laying on the ground. Is that some kind of linebacker, boy? I'd like to meet him someplace, but I, I gotta have a hammer and I don't want him to see me coming. All right, uh, you know what? Ray Lewis is brutal. brutal. Ray Lewis is the essence of violence. But, what is this game? Denny, what is pro football? Without violence and gambling, what is pro football? Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. But I will say this to you. Um, I, with one with one side of my mouth, I talk about Ray Lewis being an animal and uh, shouldn't be allowed to do what he does. And of course, they fine him big deal. Twenty five grand to Ray Lewis is like a pimple on my ass. And of course, I've got an ass larger than most. And then uh, you've got Mike Vick, uh, or excuse me, Brett Farr. On the other hand, we don't want our quarterbacks touched. Is you, you see what I'm saying? I mean, where do you come in the middle? Because I, if it was me and I was a commissioner of the league. You can touch my quarterbacks. I, you can take their heads off as far as I'm concerned. If you're going to put that helmet on and you're going to put that uniform on, why shouldn't they be allowed to touch you? That's what I don't understand. I mean, listen, it's the only reason Brett Farr lasted, what is he, 72 next month? <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I mean, I still don't, and you know what? I still predict and I still stand by my statement. Brett Farr will peter out here in the next game or two and then it'll be a new, new quarterback and, They'll have to go off because with Brett Farr quarterback, I don't think they make the playoffs. All right, uh, Michael Keller Ditka made a comment to me recently. He said, you know what? We should have quarterbacks play in dresses. That's how, <laughs> that's how contact-free this game has become. Now, how recently was this, Denny? 1982. Yeah. <laughs> There's one thing about Big Mike. Um, he hates quarterbacks. I mean, we all know that, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, like I said just a second ago, and you, you, I know you share this. If you're going to put the helmet on and the pads, and you're going to be able to run away from guys, you got to be able to take it too. This sliding, I mean, take a guy on, and you know what? Have another quarterback ready to play. So the game, so you don't have the star out there all the time. That, you know, that used to be a part of the game, Chet. That was a part of the game. The quarterback did everything else that the running backs did, did everything else that everybody else did, blocked and kicked and did all the other great things. But today they want to protect these guys. And I just don't think, I think they've gone too far is what I mean by this. I think a, a, a quarterback, you know, being hit from the backside, I think you got to think about that one. But anything else, if he sees it coming, I think it's all fair and love and war in the NFL. Hey, Mac, uh, here's the bottom line. Quarterbacks today in the NFL, are like pitch counts in Major League Baseball. You know, yeah, you, right. you got a ball game on, and here is some breathless play-by-play announcer going, well, pitcher A's count is now up to 89 here Crazy. in the sixth inning. Uh, you have to wonder what manager B is going to do. For gosh sakes, whatever happened to the four-man rotation? Like, you know, the, the Bombers talking about running out uh, CC Sabathia in games one, four, and seven if they yeah. wind up in the World Series. And people are up in arms about this uh, uh Apparent travesty, this miscarriage of justice on the part of the Yankees. I say, for Christ's sake, for 160 million bucks, you should run him out for game. You got to play for 160 million. You got to play. And let me say this to you: We got a kid here in Detroit by the name of Porcello, Rick Porcello, who has a chance of being a pretty good pitcher. He had a hell of a rookie year. Uh, he looked very good. But do you know what the big question is? Every time he got to 100 pitches, they removed him from the game. We don't know if the kid can pitch. 
We don't know if he can pitch with a couple of guys on base in the seventh or eighth inning. We don't know what happens. Does his uh, does his butthole pucker up when he's got two men on in the seventh or eighth inning? Chet, you and I know one thing, and everybody listening to the show knows one thing: the game doesn't start till the seventh inning. That's when baseball begins every time you play a nine-inning ball game. And this kid has yet to see the seventh or eighth inning in a ball game. It's a shame. It's just a tragedy that they don't. And, and by the way. Had they let him pitch and take his regular turn at the end of the season, I suggest to you, because the division was so bad uh, with Detroit and Chicago and Minnesota, Detroit would have been in the playoffs. They got, they got eliminated, too, by the Yankees. But on the other hand, you never know, especially with the pitching that we have up here. You know, we've got uh, uh, Mr. No Fundamentals Verlander, and then we got Porcello, who one day will learn how to pitch. Well, Mr. McClain, once again, we have gone uh, our allotted time with uh, nobody dying, which I find to be very, very encouraging. <laughs> well, the bottom line is Rush Limbaugh, I, I just can't believe what an icon he's become in this country. Uh, and it is, I think it's a tragedy. I really do that somebody can influence the masses or, or his masses anyway to do the things they do and I'm telling you one more time he puts the president's life at stake every day I pray for this great president and I think he's going to be a great one I pray for this man that uh, nothing of harm happens to him my man in seven days I'll catch up with you again you stay out of trouble and go have your Miller he is Denny McClain ah Miller live right now it goes down just as smoothly as it can possibly go down. Man, am I going to love my Miller Lite. Denny McLean, you take care of yourself, buddy. I'll see you, Mr. Miller. Ciao.